Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Both Sides of the Story, A Council Flat, a short story written and narrated by Robert Fairhead from the Tall and True Writers website. Warning, this podcast episode contains strong language and themes that may distress some listeners. A Council Flat, England, 1993. The sound of the twins fighting in the bedroom filled the flat. Their screams drowned out the drone of sport on the TV and the sizzle and bubble of dinner on the kitchen cooktop. For Christ's sake, Ruth! Stu bellowed over the TV. Shut those bloody kids up, will you? Ruth lifted the lid from the pot of potatoes. She turned down the gas and waited for the steam and boiling water to subside. Stu shouted at the twins. Shut up! And turned up the TV. But they kept fighting and Ruth heard him charge into the bedroom. The flat shook with violence as Stu beat the twins. Shut the bloody hell up, you two! And then there was only the drone of the TV and the sound of dinner cooking. Ruth replaced the lid on the potatoes. Why can't you stop those bloody kids fighting? Stu demanded, thundering into the kitchen. They're at it all bloody day! He opened the fridge door and grabbed a can of beer. What's a man got to do to get some peace? Ruth moved the sausages to stop them from sticking to the pan. The pot of mixed vegetables boiled over. She lifted the lid, turned down the gas and waited. How long till dinner? Stu asked, opening the can and taking a long drink. Ruth watched a stream of beer dribble down Stu's unshaven chin and onto the floor. Well, he prompted, wiping his mouth with a tea towel. Are you deaf as well as stupid? Ruth dropped her eyes and replaced the lid on the vegetables. Stu swore at her, dumb bitch, and stomped back to the TV. Ruth heard the twins crying in the bedroom. She turned up the gas on the sausages, letting them sizzle loudly, and prayed the twins would stay quiet. It hasn't always been like this, Ruth reassured herself, staring out of the tenth floor window at the wispy clouds hanging in the pale sky. It's a bad patch. Stu's been under a lot of pressure since he lost his job. It's hard for a man, sitting in front of the TV all day, especially with the twins carrying on from dawn till dusk. It's their diet, dear, the elderly social worker had explained on a last visit. Children eat too many sweets these days. It makes them hyperactive. You must be firm with them. Feed them good food, like a good mother. Yes, but how do I stop them screaming and fighting? Ruth had wanted to ask, but didn't. Instead, she'd nodded, promised to give the twins healthier food, and agreed to meet the social worker again in two weeks. Stu hated her visits. A bloody old busybody, he'd called her, put on to us by some sodding nosy neighbour. What's it got to do with her, what we feed the bloody kids? Something was burning. Ruth looked down at the sausages, now blackened and stuck to the bottom of the pan. She lifted it from the cooktop and turned off the gas. Stu was swearing at the twins. Shut the bloody hell up! They were fighting again. Ruth turned off the potatoes and vegetables. She had planned to mash the potatoes, but now she just wanted to serve dinner, even if it was overcooked and burned. 
Hopefully it would calm things for a while. The flat echoed with the drone of the TV and the screams of the twins. For Christ's sake, Ruth! Stu bellowed again over the TV. Hurry up with my bloody dinner, will you? I'm starving. Ruth finished straining the vegetables. No, it hadn't always been like this. In the beginning, she and Stu had good times. They'd met at a disco. Ruth smiled at the memory of him in his satin shirt, flared trousers and platform shoes. A regular John Travolta, Stu was, strutting about the dance floor. They'd eyed each other dancing and chatted at the bar. She was a receptionist and he was an apprentice builder. It still made her feel warm inside, remembering the firmness of his body on the dance floor. And later that night... What the hell are you up to, Ruth? Stu asked, standing in the kitchen, still cradling his beer. Ruth hadn't noticed him move from the TV. Why is it taking you so bloody long? He lowered the can and sniffed the air. Christ, you've burned dinner again, haven't you? What's wrong with you, you stupid bitch? There was a crash from the bedroom, followed by the sound of breaking glass. Stu's face turned a mottled scarlet. Bloody little bastards, I'll fix them, he spat, throwing his unfinished beer at the kitchen sink and storming off. The can bounced out onto the floor, spilling beer. Ruth left it and laid out the dinner plates. No, it hadn't always been like this. There'd been dancing, laughter and passion. There were movies, parties and holidays. They'd even been to Spain. There had been friends' weddings and then finally their own. Stu liked to plan things. Life's like building a house, Ruth, he'd explain to her. You'll never get anywhere without a plan. So she and Stu made their plans. They worked hard and eventually saved enough to get their feet on the first rung of the property ladder, a modest ex-council terrace, which Stu could renovate. And then Ruth fell pregnant. Shut the bloody hell up, you two! Stu shouted at the twins in the bedroom. Ruth heard him beat them again. Her hands shook as she served the vegetables. Peas rolled off the plate and onto the floor. Congratulations, the doctor had told her. You're going to have twin bundles of joy. Twins? Yes, Ruth and Stu's plans had included children, but not until well into the future, when they'd climbed a few more rungs on the property ladder, when they could afford a proper house, and for her to stop working. Twins. Double the expense on half the income. Stu had worked hard to make up for Ruth's lost wages, and for the first few years they'd managed to get by. But as with the twins, they hadn't planned on the recession, soaring mortgage rates and Stu's redundancy. And then they lost their terrace and had to move into the high-rise council flat. The twins were screaming in the bedroom. Ruth winced when Stu hit them. A bloody warned ya! Repeatedly. She finished serving dinner and fetched a fresh can of beer from the fridge for Stu. If only the twins would be quiet, then perhaps he wouldn't get so angry. If Stu wasn't under so much pressure, he might have more luck getting a job. They could move out of the flat and their life could get back to normal. They could be happy again. Stu returned to the kitchen, wild-eyed, sweaty and breathing heavily. He washed his face and hands in the sink and dried them on the tea towel. Then he picked up his dinner plate and beer and walked away without a word. The only sound in the council flat was the drone of sport on the TV. Ruth looked out the window at the clouds again, her eyes filled with tears. Hi, I'm Robert Fairhead from Tall and True Short Reads and the Tall and True Writer's Website.
I wrote both sides of the story for the Ian St. James Awards in February 1994, inspired by the Phil Collins hit song of the same name. The news at the time was full of stories about wrongdoers for whom the public, including me, felt little sympathy. But one night, I watched the Both Sides music video on MTV and its scenes of desperation and violence juxtaposed with backstories, and I wondered if I could show both sides of the news in a short story. I wrote both sides of the story as four self-contained vignettes, and a fifth piece to tie together and resolve the larger short story. A council flat set in England in 1993 is the third vignette, and the idea for it came from the newspapers and radio and TV news I consumed back then. As I've stressed in earlier episodes, my intention in writing The Council Flat in 1994 was not to be an apologist for the characters or their actions, and I unreservedly condemn domestic violence against women and children. However, my goal with the short story was to follow Phil Collins's lead and, if possible, imagine both sides of a story, and in this case, explore why Ruth had remained silent in the council flat. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tall and True Short Reads. You can read all my short stories, blog posts and other writing at tallandtrue.com. The next episode and fourth vignette from both sides of the story, The Gym, will be released shortly. In the meantime, please check your podcast feed for earlier episodes and other short stories. And follow or subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it via your favourite listening app. You can also buy my ebook collection of both sides of the story from the Amazon Kindle or Kobo online bookstores. And finally, please support this podcast by telling your family and friends about Tall and True short reads and the Tall and True Writers website. <laughs>